Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here um, on the first Sunday in Advent, and we've got a baptism later and everything. So we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Let's bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together to worship you, sing to you, pray to you. Uh, to listen for your spirit speaking through the scriptures, to celebrate baptism and, and the sacrament of Holy Communion. God, we are grateful uh, for the opportunity to do this. And we're incredibly grateful that you invite us into this moment with you. Uh, God, we get so busy. We get so, uh, so frantic sometimes this time, this time of year as we are scrambling to get to all the different things or to get everything done or to get everything purchased or wrapped or whatever, to get decorations up and everything else. God, it's good sometimes just to quiet ourselves to listen again for your Holy Spirit, to be reminded of the hope that we have because of you. So we thank you that we have that opportunity today. Please, God, help us to be open to hearing from you, connecting with you, the God who made us and loves us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able, interested, let's stand and let's sing as we begin to worship today.
was lost I was in chains world had a hold of me My heart was a stone I was covered in shame When he came for me I couldn't run, couldn't run From his presence Couldn't run, couldn't run From his arms Jesus, he loves me
Listen to the song of Mary. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever and ever. Amen. Pray with me, would you? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this first Sunday of Advent, this Sunday of hope. Father, I thank you that in your mercy and in your plan, you came to a young girl and you offered her the opportunity to carry your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you that as we go into this Advent season that we are reminded of this plan that you had for us all along. That it, it, it didn't start with Jesus being an adult. He didn't just appear out of nowhere, Lord. But he grew up just as we grew up. He grew up as, as a young child, as a teenager, as a young adult. Lord, he's been through the things we've been through. And we thank you that he knows exactly what we face every day, every hour. He's lived through it himself, Father. And because of that, he carries our burdens, he carries our sorrows, he understands them intimately, better than we even realize. What a great God you are that you remind us of this during this Advent season. Father, I thank you for each person that's here. I thank you for the celebration of baptism we have this morning. What a tremendous way to celebrate a Sunday morning with new life in you, Lord. I ask that you would be with this service. Be with Pastor Rich as he brings us your word. Be with each person here. Thank you for each one. And we pray these things in your precious, holy, and mighty name. Amen and amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Take a few moments, if you will, and as you're comfortable, and pass the peace amongst yourselves. All right. For those of you who are uh, joining us online, uh, you might not, I don't know if you can hear or not all the conversation that's going on in the room right now. It's a beautiful thing, and uh, 
makes me glad to pastor this church, the way you guys like each other and like to, like to talk with each other. Uh, I'm just going to get some announcements out of the way real quick. Um, so if, you're, uh, if you'd like to, we would love to pray for you and connect with you. There are little cards in the back you can drop in the offering box. If you're giving today, you can drop that there as well. Or you can do all that stuff online at the website that's on the screen. Uh, if, you're, if you are giving, you can still give to the Habitat Fund. We're, uh, we're still building this house. And in fact, this Saturday is our next build day. And so we would love to have you RSVP. Go to livinghope.info slash habitat. And uh, there's a link there to RSVP for this coming Saturday's build day. Uh, there's room there, but there might not be for long. So if you want to build this Saturday, they start at 8, they wrap up at 2, there's lunch in between, they train you for whatever. If you can't get there right at 8, it's okay, just let us know. And uh, we'd love to have you participate this Saturday in helping build this house. And uh, if you want to give toward it, please continue to give uh, to the Habitat Fund. Just write Habitat on your envelope or, or choose that in the drop down if you're giving online. Uh, we can also, you might have seen on the way in, amidst all the other Christmas trees, is a little one with a lot of little paper tags on it. It's the Warm a Home Tree that is here with, uh, with First Contact. We partner with this organization that helps people who don't have a church home and, uh, or maybe they, you know, they find themselves in need for some reason. Maybe they've gone to their church and their church, you know, got limited resources like we all do. Uh, but we partner along with, I don't know, a dozen other churches in town so that hopefully they'll be able to just go to one place, uh, go to First Contact, and they can get help kind of pooled from all the different churches and they make sure they're in touch with the trustee and all the other resources. Uh, but this is an especially... Uh, needy time of year. This is the time of year where they see lots of folks that, you know, are trying to make sure their utilities stay on. That's why they call it the warm-a-home tree, because you're keeping their home warm. Uh, or making sure their rent gets paid, making sure they've got their medication, those kinds of things that sometimes people find themselves needing help with. If you would like to help, you can just grab an envelope off of there, and uh, uh, it's a little ornament off the tree. There's an envelope. It's already made out to them. You can just put a check or whatever in there, put a stamp on it, drop it in the mail. Or if you're giving online or you want to just drop something in the box, just write, it goes to the Good Neighbor Fund. All right, and you can do that any Sunday. We emphasize it in December, but the Good Neighbor Fund is just our way of trying to be good neighbors uh, to our neighbors in our community. You know, folks in the church family here that are a part of our church, we've got that Acts 4 fund that people, you guys give to and make sure that folks in the church have help. But if they're not a part of our church, uh, we try to funnel that so that they don't have to make the circuit and hit 20 different churches. They can go to one place and get help. So if you want to give specifically to that, uh, you can do that. Give to the Good Neighbor Offering or just give directly uh, to the folks at First Contact. Oh, one other thing that I forgot to put. Uh, it's, it's in the little calendar hiding in the middle of this. If you didn't get one of these, grab one. They're back on the table. Um, this Thursday uh, is December 1st, which is World AIDS Day. And there is a group that does a gospel, they've been calling it a gospel explosion. We hosted it for the first time last year. They normally have it in Lake County. Last year they had their first one here in Porter County. And we're going to have it again. We're hosting it again this Thursday night. It is a lot of fun. If you want to be here, um, the music is great. It's very different than the music that we typically have um, uh, here with all us pasty white folks uh, on a Sunday morning. Um, this is a gospel explosion, all right? So if you want to be a part of that, it's this Thursday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, it'll be all kinds of fun. So, all right, um, I think that's all I need to do by way of announcements. Today, we've got a couple of things that are different because we're in the season of Advent. Oh, yeah, I was going to remind you to grab your book. If you haven't grabbed one of these little, little devotional guides, you will definitely want it. I've been reading ahead for this coming week. It's... It's gold, all right? So there's still like 25 or something out there in the lobby. If you didn't get one, grab one. If you've got a friend that you think might benefit, we've got enough extras. You can take one, give it to your friend. Uh, that'll be a good thing. So we're in the season of Advent, and so we're going to have in, in a, just a few minutes uh, some Advent candle and all that good stuff. But first, uh, we get to baptize somebody today. And uh, i gotta, I got to get down from here. Okay, here we go. Um, <clears throat> so um, many of you guys know 
Matica, although you might not know her by that name. Uh, when she first came to us, we were calling her Josh. And then for quite some time, I don't know, a year or so, I think, calling her Ghost. And then uh, more recently, he's chosen the name Matica, uh, which is a Japanese name, and she'd be happy to tell you what, that, what the meaning is behind that. Uh, but uh, she has seen her faith come alive in the last, uh, I don't know, a few weeks, months? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but from reading scripture uh, quite a bit over the past couple of years, and then just in the last few weeks, months, uh, the conversations on Wednesday night at the Bible study and other moments have just been like amazing. She's been responding to God and has said, you know what, I need to be baptized. And um, so if you're not familiar with baptism, it's a sacrament that Christ gave us where we are united with Christ in baptism. Um, now in the church in Nazarene, sometimes we baptize folks as infants if it's believing parents. Uh, we baptize folks as adults if they're coming to faith later in life. Uh, we kind of do it all. Uh, the Church of the Nazarene that we're a part of was formed by people from lots of different groups with lots of different traditions, and we just kind of said, yep, that works, that works, okay. Uh, however you're going to be obedient to Christ, let's do it. Uh, so baptism is this sacrament symbolizing both God's grace and our response to that, that grace. Uh, God's grace that, uh, that he gives us in Jesus Christ, washing away our sins, pouring out his Holy Spirit. And when we get a chance to actually dunk somebody, now some of you were here for, for Bill's baptism at our uh, at our. Uh, birthday party picnic and in that case he said you can just dump a bucket of water on my head and so that's what we did we we just soaked him out there in the grass all right um Madica said she would like to be immersed and dunked all the way into the water today and so um which ties in with stuff that the apostle paul said about dying with christ and in baptism rising again to new life dying to an old way of life uh rising to a new one so uh Madica, if you want to go ahead and come on up um and then we've got uh because we're not just being baptized, you don't get baptized into this particular church. You get baptized into the family of God, into the church universal. And so uh, I would like for us to read together the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we're going to have it on the screens for us. And uh, this is the faith that, we are, that we're all baptized into, this trust in Christ, this faith in God uh, and what he has done for us in Jesus. So do we have that that we can? Yeah, let's, let's read this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. And I just realized I did not grab a towel for you after this. Uh, can you grab, they're in that little... Um, table in the lobby on the left side. Thanks. So I meant to grab one and bring it up with me. So um, I ask people when I'm baptized, I'm generally like, okay, so why do you want to get baptized? And Madika's written something uh, that I wanted you to hear, and she wants you to hear. All right. Uh, it starts off a little bleak, so uh, stay with me on this. <clears throat> when I was a young teenager, I hated God and all of his creation. I wondered how could some being be okay with so much suffering in the world? Later on, I realized that it isn't God's fault for all the suffering. It's our fault. We avoid the people who need our attention the most, 
knowing that it might cost us money or that it might be an inconvenience to us, that their problems aren't our own. I've come to realize God is exactly just like these people we try to avoid. He asks for a lot. The burden may seem to be too big for us to handle, so we walk our own path to what seems convenient for us. But what we don't realize, that just like God, these people we tend to avoid have so much value, are so precious, and so lovable, that the reward to helping them far outweighs the burdens. As Jesus said, it is better to give than receive. I used to picture God as this angry tyrant, but the truth is he's that boy or girl that has a crush on you that you nor anybody notices. He's always trying to get our attention, but we shun him. He, he or she doesn't seem like the most beautiful, nor do they seem like they are worth our time. They are practically invisible. But when you finally catch on to how he or she truly feels about you and you honor their love and devotion towards you, it is the most rewarding experience ever. Never again will I turn away from the Lord. Never again will I forget him. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. Oh, there you go. I'll put this down here. Uh, you, you might want to kick your shoes off before yeah. you get in there. Okay. Um, and then if you'd like to go ahead and step in there, I don't care which way you face, one way or the other. Is it freezing or is it okay? Oh, good. All right. Shoo. All right. You can have a seat if you'd like. Yeah. So I always ask uh, a couple of questions. Um, do you know that Jesus Christ has forgiven your sins? Absolutely. And with God's help, are you doing your best to live for him? Yes. All right. Then, oh, I've got to set this down. Then it's my privilege to baptize you. Go ahead and hold your nose. Baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's always exciting, the opportunity to, to baptize them. If you have not been baptized, you don't have to come up right now, but we can, let's talk, all right, about what baptism means, and, and uh, I'd love to have the opportunity to baptize you at some point. Um, for all of you who have been baptized, uh, this, is, this is a moment of you saying, I, let this be a moment of you saying, yes, God, uh, I'm still aware of your grace that's at work in my life. That moment when I was baptized, whether it was as an infant with water being sprinkled on your head because of believing parents who knew that your grace was at work in their lives, in your life, or whether it was as a, as a teenager or later in life as an adult, God has not given up on you, all right? You may have wandered off for a time, um, but like she just said, um, God doesn't give up, is always reaching out, trying to get our attention, trying to pull us back to him. And so maybe today can be your moment of saying, Yes, I, I affirm my own baptism. I affirm that God's grace is still at work in my life, and I'm going to continue to say yes to him. Uh, if you need to, at some point later on in the service, we'll celebrate communion together. If, or, you know, this, this water is going to be here, all right? It's going to be here for a while. So if you'd like, maybe when you come forward for communion, maybe before you leave, if you want to touch that water, um, remind yourself, yep, God, your, your grace is still at work in me. Uh, feel free to do that, okay? No one's going to look at you funny if you do. Uh, let's see. How do I get back up here? There we go. So we are in the season of Advent, this, uh, this beautiful four weeks that leads us up to the celebration of Christmas uh, and the God's gift to us of his son. And, uh, and as a part of that, uh, often what we do is have a lighting of Advent candles. Each week has a different theme. We're joining together with Christians around the world, not just in the Church of the Nazarene, but all over. And uh, Yes, the teenagers are going to talk about their own thing back there, okay? Um, and the rest of us will stay in here, I hope. 
Okay, yeah, you're staying here. Okay, that's good. So each week has a different theme, and this week's theme is hope. I've asked Stacy Kunzi if she would come forward and, uh, and light today's candle and read, lead us in today's reading. There are going to be words on the screen uh, that she will read, and then words on the screen that all of us will read kind of, you know, back and forth responsively. Um, thank you, Stacy. All right, good morning. The light is coming. We can see glimpses of pink and orange along the horizon. But the sun isn't up yet. There are still long stretches of shadow and places of darkness. The noises of the day are just barely audible as everything and everyone begins to rise. We live in the space between the darkness of a world without Christ and the light of a world with Christ. We see the light coming, yet it hasn't fully come. While we observe the season of Christ's birth and the coming of light, we are reminded that we are still in Advent people. We live in the glow of the dawn. We are no longer people of darkness. We are people of light, even while Christ's return is still before us. We are people of On this first Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of hope, a reminder of the hope we have in Christ, who came in a stable so long ago, but it's also a reminder of the hope we have that Christ will come again. We are people of the light in a world that is still so often cloaked in darkness. We are people of the light. We have hope that the light has come and that the light is coming. Lord, help us remember that we are people of the dawn, a people of hope. In the places that still harbor darkness, help us to shine your light. And in the places that are already illuminated with your light, help us rejoice. Help us cling to hope through it all. Amen. Thank you very much. Yeah, if you, uh, if you did grab one of these books, if you've read today's reading, you see that's, that's where um, uh, Reverend Chambo goes with this idea of hope, this, this image of the dawn. And I, I'm, I love that. I hadn't really... I don't think I'd really thought of it that way before uh, until she did that. That dawn is this moment where it's like, yes, okay, the night is not going to last forever. Uh, maybe you've been in a situation before. Maybe you're in one right now where things are dark, right? And it seems like this night is never going to end. You know, you're walking through that dark valley. Psalm 23 talks about that valley of the shadow of death, you know. Maybe, uh, maybe a relationship has died or a job has died. Maybe there's been something in your life that is just... You know, things have kind of collapsed around you, and you have felt like, man, things look dark. Things are bleak. I, I wish there was some hope. <laughs> I wish this night could end. <clears throat> this morning around, uh, I think it was around 6.30, I think, that first the sky just started to kind of get light, you know. Uh, I love that, that moment, right? It's like the sun hasn't come up yet, but like, oh, it's about to, Right? And it starts, to, it starts to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And then eventually, well, depending on where you live, uh, if you're in town, you've got to wait till it finally gets over the trees and the houses around you and all that kind of stuff. If you live out in the country, you get to see it closer to the horizon. You know, when the sun comes up and the colors and the beauty of it, and it's like, ah, the day is finally here. Uh, the, the passage of scripture uh, that we're invited to look at today, there, there are a few of them, but the one that we focus on uh, is from Romans chapter 13. You've got it there in your notes, and I think, I think we've got it up on the screens. Uh, where the Apostle Paul says to these Christians living in Rome, 
uh, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, he's trying to give them some hope, right? He's trying to remind them. And they were living in a difficult spot, right? Rome is the place where they had the Colosseum, where at some point Christians were marched in there and fed to lions and, and abused and killed and awful stuff happened to Christians in Rome. You can read about Nero and what he did with Christians, and it's, it's ugly, right? And Paul is writing to these Christians in Rome saying, look, the darkness doesn't last forever. You know, the, the hour is already come for us to wake up from our slumber. He says, understand the present time. Know what time it is. You know, um, I was thinking about that, that phrase, like, what time is it? And I was thinking of all the different answers that we give to that, you know, different times. What, what time is it? It's, it's game time. You know, it's, it's go time. You know, the, did anybody catch the Valparaiso High School football team winning the state championship last night? That was pretty exciting. If you hadn't heard the news, they won. And so today, downtown, there's going to be a giant celebration as they relight the Christmas tree. The tree lighting was yesterday, but they were down in Indy playing for the state championship. So they're doing it again uh, tonight and celebrating, uh, celebrating the local football team. But, you know, so what time is it? Oh, it's game time. It's go time. It's Miller time. Five o'clock somewhere? You know, all, all kinds of different things, ways that people answer that question. You know, what time is it? And, and sometimes in life it feels like, what time is it? I, I don't have any idea, man. It's just, it's just one foot in front of the other. It's been a struggle. It's been hard. And we're just hoping that maybe there'll be a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, and if there is, that it's not a train, right? We're, we're hoping that there's something coming that will, that will change our circumstances, that will light things up for us. Um, what Pastor Judy uh, read from earlier, you know, was reference to that. God coming, making things new, making things different. And Paul is talking about that here in, in Romans 13. He's saying, look, Christ is coming again. The light is, as we read a moment ago, the light has come and the light is still coming. You know, Christ has arrived and Christ is coming again. We just said it in the Apostles' Creed. We believe in this. We believe that Christ is coming again. Uh, we believe that there will be a day of judgment, a day when injustice is dealt with, a day when the oppressed are lifted up, when the hungry are fed, when, when those who have been pushed down are, are finally, you know, the, the boot is removed from their neck and they are allowed to breathe. This day is coming. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and that light is Christ. He is on his way. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. And he wrote this a couple thousand years ago, <laughs> Right? So we don't know exactly what that looks like, right? We don't know when Jesus is going to return, but we have confidence that he will. And so in this in-between time, we're like, okay, the sun hasn't risen yet, but the night is starting to fade. We're like in that, what do you call that? Is that twilight's at night, right? I don't remember what the name is for that little moment, that little pre-dawn lightness. We're like in that moment, waiting for the sun to rise. And so he says, we can live as people of the daytime. We can live as people who follow God, who believe what we just said we believe, who believe that Christ is coming again, who believe that there is resurrection, who believe this life isn't all there is. We can live a different life as people 
who live in the light, as people whose lives look like Jesus. We clothe ourselves with Christ and don't think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, this, <laughs> I, I was thinking... I'm probably going to think of this for a while, um, and I apologize. I'll try not to bring it up in too many messages. I was thinking about running the marathon and, uh, <clears throat> and how uncomfortable that is. I was thinking about satisfying the desires of the flesh and thinking, yeah, when I was running that marathon, I, for whatever reason this year, it didn't feel good, all right? Past years, I felt good for most of it, and then, like, near the end, started to feel bad. This year, like, the whole thing, just kind of like, man, I'm not feeling it. I don't think I'm going to sleep this week or whatever. You know, I was just, I was dragging the whole, the whole time, and the desire of my flesh was just to like pull off to the side and say, you know what, never mind. This is, this is fun, but uh, I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to do something, you know. And there were two things that kept me going, um, at least two, but two specifically. One was I knew there was a finish line, and so I knew, like, hey, this isn't going to last forever. I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel. I knew the dawn was coming. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a slice of pizza waiting for me at the end. Uh, <clears throat> I knew that finish line was coming. And Stacy had texted me at some point, while I was running, saying, surprise, the boys and I are going to be, you know, at this part of the race, at this, you know, street or whatever, uh, cheering you on. They hadn't planned to be there. And, uh, well, sorry, they had planned to be there. They hadn't told me they planned to be there. I thought they were going to be at home. And uh, so she was surprising me. Well, I found that out, like, way before I got to where she was going to be because I was running slower than expected, and she didn't need as much time to find parking as she expected. And so she got there quite a bit before I did, and I'm looking at the street numbers. I'm like, she said she's going to be at that street. Oh, man, I'm only at this one. And I'm thinking, okay, well, i got to keep going. i got to get, because, you know, the numbered streets, they continue to climb. And then the streets, like the route turn. I'm like, no, i got to go that way. And I went that way for quite a while and came back. And then, oh, okay, I'm making progress. But I knew she was going to be there. And so I couldn't just stop. I couldn't just say, sorry, boy, you know, sorry, I'm not going to be there. I know you drove up here and you got balloons. And you're, you know, cheering for me. But I'm, I'm just stopping now, you know had to keep going. I had, had a reason to keep going. And that's what we're talking about today, having a reason to keep going, having a reason to not give up and to just live in the dark. You know, ugly stuff happens to us in the dark. You know, we participate in some ugliness, and ugliness surrounds us. And um, some of you know just how challenging it can be to try to continue to put one foot in front of the other, to try to live one day at a time, to try to say no to that, the pull of that addiction, that temptation, whatever it might be. Uh, some of you know how difficult it is just to live in, a, in circumstances where maybe it's a loved one who's not, their life has fallen apart or it's, they're having trouble and it's impacting you. Uh, <clears throat> all sorts of different circumstances that we walk through that we're like, please, let there be some hope. Please, let there be light. Please, let there be dawn. Let me, there be some reason to keep going, to keep pushing, to keep trying. There are a couple of other passages that Christians around the world are reading today. And... Uh, uh, one is from Isaiah in the Old Testament, prophet speaking to Israel, and the other is, uh, is Jesus, uh, recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And they, give, they both look forward to this day, but in kind of different perspectives. It's kind of interesting. The prophet Isaiah says this. Uh, this is from Isaiah chapter 2. Well, it says, this is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. I don't think that he means like geographically the mountain's going to grow. I think he's just you know, saying metaphorically, this is going to be the place where everyone is going to center their lives, the place where God's presence is felt there in God's temple. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. He's saying like, look, the nations, and 
He's speaking to Israel at a time where the nations certainly were not doing this, right? Assyria was breathing down their necks. Babylon was right around the corner. The other nations who worshiped their other gods, who, who lived lives that didn't look at all like what God designed for us to live as human beings, they were living inhumane lives of violence, of oppression. And he's looking forward to a day when he's saying, look, all the nations are going to recognize, wait a minute. This God who made us and loves us, he knows what life should look like. Let's go. Let him teach us his way so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. It's a beautiful picture of the peace that can come as people realize, wait a minute, if I live life the way God created me to live it, I don't need to go to war against these people. I don't need to, to want what they have and to, to turn to violence in order to get it. I can, instead of investing in swords and spears, we can, we can invest in agriculture and, you know, in things that are good for us, are good for people. Things that are constructive instead of things that are destructive. Has come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And again, this picture like, okay, the, the light of the Lord. God's light is shining. Let's live like God calls us to live. Instead of living like everyone around us does, instead of living like we used to live when we lived in the darkness, let's, let's come into the light. Let's let God teach us. Let's walk in his paths. Let's clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and, and not even think about how to gratify the desires of, of the flesh. To live as people of the dawn. Live as people who know the dawn is coming. We get to live that way in the world today. We get to set an example. Ah, that's not the right, that's not the word phrase I wanted to use. Because it's not like we're teaching others and we're setting an example for them, like, hey, be like a we get to be you know, like little lights shining. God's light shining through us in dark places, providing hope, providing grace, providing life, right? It makes me think of our Christmas Eve service. Oh, speaking of, put on your calendar. Christmas Eve, Saturday this year, 5 p.m., we'll be right in here. Uh, we do Christmas carols and the Christmas story. We celebrate communion. And when we leave, we take Christmas cookies with us to give to people who maybe don't have a church, maybe don't know God. Maybe they just have to work on Christmas, and we want to give them a little, little encouragement. All right? If you like to make Christmas cookies, they come from you. <laughs> they, don't come, they don't come from me. Um, Anyway, Christmas Eve, 5 p.m., and then Christmas is a Sunday this year. So we'll just have one combined service, I think, at 1030. All right, that's what we've done the last couple of times, Christmas fell on a Sunday, and you guys all seem to like that. Gave you time to open your presents and whatnot, and some of you come in your pajamas on Christmas Day, and that's, that's, that's great. All right, so Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. It makes me think of our Christmas Eve service, because at the end of that, you know, all these candles are lit. The Christ candle in the center is lit, reminding us of Christ's presence with us. And then we take our candles and we light them and we pass that light and everyone's got a little candle and we pass the flame around until everyone's got a candle. And the image is that of Christ, the light of Christ going with us as we go into the world. We carry the light of Christ with us. That's what we get to do as we live as people of the day. We get to demonstrate, be a living demonstration of what it looks like to live in Christ's kingdom with, with God in charge. No longer do I have to live a life of selfishness. No longer do I have to live a life of, of weakness, like weak to temptation failing. I can live a life with God's strength. I, I can live a life uh, of sacrifice for others, like, like Madica was talking about earlier, you know, following the call of Christ to love the people around us that others uh, perhaps have ignored. We get to walk in the light of the Lord, knowing that one day all the nations will recognize this. 
and will come to God and say, yes, we want to learn from you. We want to learn what this life is like. And God is bringing that day. The dawn will come. Now, Jesus gives a, a, a different angle on it. It's, it's funny. I, I kind of thought Jesus would be the more hopeful version of this. But instead, Jesus gives like the challenge. He, bring, he brings the challenge side of today's equation. In Matthew chapter 24, probably because he's talking to some folks who think they've got it all together. They think they've got it all figured out. And he says, mm, no, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't have it all figured out. In fact, he says, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. If you think you've got it all figured out, you've got your timeline with all the you know, red string connecting all the things on your uh, you know, bulletin board in your basement, sorry, okay? It says, no one knows. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. I was just... Uh, just reading about Noah again, actually listening, sorry, be honest. I was listening uh, to, to Genesis on, on my headphones as I was walking the dogs because uh, in January, we're going to spend a month going through the book of Genesis, all right? This next year, I'm excited for this next year because we're going to spend a month uh, going through, we're going to go through 12 books of the Bible next year, a month each. We start with Genesis, we're going to end in Revelation, all right? So I was listening to Genesis this the other day, uh, getting ready and listening to the story of Noah. And and Jesus says, look, it's gonna, when the Son of Man returns for unto himself, when I come back, it's going to be like in the days of Noah. They had no idea. They were just going along, having their parties, having their meals, whatever, doing whatever they were doing, until the flood showed up. He says, what did he say? Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two men will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken, the other left. Maybe you've heard those verses before, uh, like a reference to like Jesus' return and like a rapture or people being left behind, like someone's going to be taken to be with Jesus and others are going to be left behind here. Uh, the way Jesus was actually using that phrase is kind of the reverse, right? Like the flood is coming and some will be swept away in the flood and others will be left standing, all right? He's saying that's how it'll be at the coming of the Son of Man. Some will be swept away and some will be standing. Therefore, he says, keep watch. Pay attention. Be awake. Keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch, would not have let his house be broken into. I love that image. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. If, they, if I'd known, oh, a thief is going to be here at 2.15 a.m. All right, I will be ready. You know, I will have the phone. I'll be, have the door locked. I'll have whatever I need to, you know, scare them off and to make sure they're not breaking in. I'll be right there. Uh, so if they'd known, they would have kept watch. Wouldn't let their house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Like, ooh, okay. Like a thief in the night. There's a whole scary movie about that from back in the 70s, I think, um, about Christ's return. Again, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Revelation next year, this time. Oh. Jesus is saying, look, I am coming back. The day of the Lord is coming and you need to, to keep watch, to be ready. So the link in my mind is this idea of like being awake, being aware, you know, being, being ready for that. He's kind of saying like, well, you don't know when that sun is going to rise. You don't know when the dawn is coming. We don't know when Christ is returning. He will, and it will be good, and he will bring justice, and he will bring blessing, you know, but we don't know when it's going to be. So we live each moment of our lives expectant, prepared, ready. Christ could return any time. 
or Christ could return in another couple thousand years, right? It's, it's our job to, to live as people who are ready, who are walking in his ways, who are following his, walking in his paths, living like Jesus here in the world, trusting that Christ is returning, never giving up on that. If you read the rest of Matthew 24 and into 25, he, he gives lots of different pictures of groups of people who were like, oh, this group wasn't ready and this group was. This group prepared and was ready for Christ for the return and this group didn't prepare. This group paid attention. This, this group pretended, oh, I don't think he's ever coming back. If we lived like Jesus was never coming back, we would live a different way. Right? If we thought that this life was all there is, we would, we would make different choices. But we are people who believe the things that we were reading earlier in the Apostles' Creed. We are people who have been united with Christ, dying to an old way of life, a life lived in the darkness and rising to new life with him, a life lived in the light. So we live expectant, ready at any moment for the dawn to come. And so we live as if the dawn is coming. Right? That makes sense, right? We live differently because we know the lights are coming on soon. Um, I'm suddenly thinking about like the, the thief thing in reverse, like as if I was the thief. You know, it's nighttime. I remember when I was a kid, the youth pastor at our church used to say, like, nothing good goes on after 10 p.m. or something like that, you know. It's like encouraging us to be home and in bed and not out, you know, causing mischief. And uh, I'm just imagining, you know, nowadays so many people have those little doorbell cameras that it would be really dumb to do these things. But, you know, I'm imagining it's nighttime, and I'm thinking, oh, that house is dark. There's nobody, there's nobody in there. I can, I can get in. I can do, you know, create some mischief. And you, and you walk up to the house and, and don't realize they've got one of those motion sensor lights, and all of a sudden, you know, the floodlight comes on, like, oh, you know, shouldn't have done that. Um, I'm kind of picturing that all of a sudden. Like, we, we don't live in a way expecting, like, nah, there won't be any light. It's just going to stay dark. I can live how I want. God's not watching. There's no consequences. I'll just do what I want to do. It's dark. No, we live as people who know that at any moment the sun will rise. At any moment, the lights will come on. At any moment, kind of all will be revealed. And so we, we live in a way that we're not afraid for Christ to return at any moment. We're, we're looking forward to him returning at any moment because we're living his way. We're living his life. Not because we're awesome, but because he gives us his grace. He gives us his spirit. He gives us his strength to be able to do it, to be a people of love, to be a people uh, of the dawn, of the day. We're surrounded by folks who don't know this. We're surrounded by folks who feel like they're stuck in the darkness, who need someone to let them know, no, no, there's, there's hope. And so as you live in your life, in your neighborhood, in your family, in your school, uh, wherever you live, as you live as a person with hope, as you live differently because you know God is with you, his light is shining, you know that the dawn is coming, as you live differently, that gives people hope. You know, they, they look around and they say, well, not everyone's giving in to despair. Not, not everyone is just giving in to the way things are. Someone believes change is possible because they see it in you. I, I really liked how the message paraphrase put this passage that we've been given today from Romans 13. And so I, I want to read that for you before we wrap this up and, uh, and continue with communion. Uh, this is a, a pastor who just was putting it in his own words for his people said, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. 
God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute, must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't, don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Encouraging words to us, saying, let's do this thing. Let's, let's follow Christ. Let's live as people of light. Let's live as people who have hope. Uh, I do want to remind you again, if you have not picked up this book, this week is, the, this week is great, especially the second half of this week. All right, I'll just say that. Maybe the first couple of days will really connect with you. For me, it was like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That was like, man. And there, there are questions for reflection uh, about where God shows up in the empty places in our lives where we're feeling empty, where we're feeling weak, where we're feeling like we need God's, where we're feeling like we need hope. This is, this is gold. Please take it with you. But first, we're going to pray. We're going to celebrate communion together. So let's bow our heads. Let's do that. God, we are incredibly grateful to you for the love that you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ, that you would see us stuck in the darkness of our sin, that you'd see us stuck in the mess that we had made, and instead of rejecting us, to think that you would love us that you would come to us, that you would shine your light into our darkness to give us hope, to give us life. We are so incredibly grateful. And you didn't hold back. You went to the very darkest place imaginable as you took the weight of all our sin and experienced death itself. There, in the grave, in the darkest place, your light shined. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that when we find ourselves seemingly trapped in darkness, when we find ourselves dead because of our sin, when we find ourselves so beat down that we we have a hard time even looking to see if the sky is getting brighter. Thank you that you don't leave us there, but you come to us in your son, Jesus Christ. You come to us by your Holy Spirit. You meet us there in our place of need and you lift our eyes to the sky and show us the night is almost over. The day is almost here. Don't give up. You are loved. Let me forgive your sins. Experience this grace and mercy. Let me set you free from those things that have shackled you, held you back, held you down. Let me give you life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for meeting us in our place of need giving us your life. Today, we celebrate this amazing gift with the sacrament of communion. We offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, simple gifts. And we pray that by your Spirit's presence here among us that we might meet our Savior, crucified and risen, victorious over sin, death, and the devil. And we might meet you here, Lord Jesus, in your body and in your blood. 
We remember that you gathered with your disciples. You gave them bread. You said, take this, eat it. This is my body broken for you. You gave them the cup and said, drink this. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Eat this, drink this in remembrance of me. So we do that today, God. We come to your table. We accept your invitation to experience your grace, to meet you here. Thank you for these holy sacraments of baptism, communion, where we are reminded of your grace and where we, where we experience it today. We offer you ourselves, God, confessing our need of your grace, admitting that we have not always loved you with our whole heart, soul, mind, strength. We have not always loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have lived as people of darkness, but now your light has shined into our hearts. Now you have enlightened our minds and our eyes. You have helped us to see a new life as possible. Thank you, God, for your mercy and grace. Thank you for forgiving our sins, for washing us clean. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that makes new life possible here and now. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, I'm going to be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice as the musicians lead us in one last song. Thank you, Doug and Mary, for leading us musically today. So uh, I'll be down, down front in front of the baptism tank. And uh, uh, as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice, and eat it, and then return to your seats. It's open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today, who are hungry for his grace and grateful for his love. So let's give him thanks, and let's celebrate.
has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to Thank you again, God, for the love you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Please fill us today with the spirit of Christ so that as we leave this place, we go as a, as a people of hope, as a people who carry hope to the world. You are good to us, God. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just, I forgot, there's a couple things that you might be curious about before we go. Uh, if you're wondering what the giant artwork was in the hallway, that came from the uh, Unity Cafe. They painted that. They've been doing a series of art projects. Sam Burgett is part of her uh, work with the Valpo PD and, and others. have been doing these works of art, and they're really, really cool. So we're hoping to, to get that mounted on the wall here soon. And uh, so if you want, it says gratitude on it. They painted that this last Friday. And then also, we had uh, someone come to us with a whole lot of... Uh, food from town and country, like the day-old bread and pastries and all that kind of stuff. They normally take it to another church and make sure it gets to people in need. We ended up with it today. Uh, thank you, John, for picking that up yesterday. And so there are bags and bags of bread and pastries and other things in the kitchen. If you would like, on your way out, feel free to go through there, grab some, uh, take it yourself, or if you know somebody that could use a little bit extra, please take it, take it with you. Um, I was wanting to, to leave you with the blessing that is... Uh, um, here in, it's given in one of the days, uh, 
uh, in the book here uh, that we'll read later this week. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.